This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. The Mega Power! Explode! Here at WrestleMania 5! Hey everybody, welcome back to Review of Mania. I am Rob, co-host. I am Zach. With Zach. And this week, the mega powers explode. Because we're reviewing WrestleMania 5. Yes, yes. So, the Andre the Giant documentary just aired a little yes. bit ago. Did you get a chance to watch it? I haven't gotten a chance to watch it quite yet, but I'm planning on it. Well, we'll definitely have to review it, uh, you know, in one of these days, because it was really, really good. Yeah, you know, I'm surprised that they allowed it to be good, because Vince is very close-lipped about things. But I guess with Andre the Giant being such an icon, he couldn't keep it keep things too... Close. Yeah, it was really interesting. One of the things they showed was uh, the contract, and this might have been a replica or something, but they showed the contract that Vince McMahon signed and that his father signed, giving him control from the Capital Wrestling Federation to the World Wrestling Federation. Hmm. And yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. Part of the part, I mean, the documentary was on Andre, but they had to kind of set up the. They were setting up the the territory system and the expansion and all that. They got a good section related to that. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check it out as as soon as I I possibly can. All right. So uh, WrestleMania 34 just ended this week, too. Just quick thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the show. I thought the show was too long. Yeah, seven hours was a bit much. Um, I mean, mean you and I were texting through the entire thing. Yes, yes, that was fun. And so, like, I just, I just, I was looking back through that text thread and I was seeing, um... I kept on mentioning how they had to make Stephanie look strong. Of course, she's a McMahon. Yes, but you know, I don't know if a McMahon like I don't like. Here's the thing with with all of that. Uh, I don't know if uh, Vince would ever have like if he was in the ring with Mike Tyson, if he would ever have dominated Mike Tyson that way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, um, overall, though... I can just see Vince McMahon bobbing and weaving. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine him pushing the curtain aside, staring out at Stephanie. Make her look strong, damn it. And then then she just sees... Make her look strong, and she goes, Oh, he's obviously talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no, it was a, it was a good show. Um, lots of surprises, which is unusual. Um, a single for, backstage for segment. It was all wrestling. Yeah. So good long show. Just 
very, very long. <laughs> yep. We're reviewing it by about a year, year and a half. With the rate we're going right now. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So I will get here do the intro real quick, and I will let you have the floor, sir. All right. So the Mega Powers explode at WrestleMania 5 as Vince McMahon starts off the top of the show. The women's champion, Rockin' Robin, did America the Beautiful a huge step awful. down from previous years. Mm-hmm. It sounded like she was nervous, but she did a well enough job. I don't know. I didn't like it. Eh, I that was fine. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura are our announcers. Ventura says that Rockin' Robin should keep her day job. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, and I think this is the only WrestleMania. I could be wrong. I haven't watched six or seven. The debut of Tony Schiavone. At least on, that is, I'm aware of. With the company. Hmm. Well, he I knew he'd been long. there. Yeah, exactly. Like, I knew he'd been there, but I didn't realize he was part of WrestleMania. I think he was kind of there just for a cup of coffee and said, well, I'm out. I'm, out. I'm going to this thing called World Championship Wrestling. Yes. Shavante was there. So that was, inter- that was it's an interesting footnote. Another interesting footnote is that uh, this is the second WrestleMania in a row to be at Trump Plaza, and it's the only time that WrestleMania has been in the same place two years in a row. Yeah, I wonder if they just had a really good rate or, you know, something. I think uh, they may have had to sign a contract with Trump to say that he'd, they'd be uh, two WrestleManias there or something. Well, I guess it's smart on his part because, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a great area. I mean, I mean, I don't know how far Atlantic City from New York is, but I'm assuming it's pretty darn close. Well, it's in New... Well... New York City is close to New Jersey just in general, so. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the whole Northeast. So, you know, yeah. All right, so we'll start things off with the first match, which was King Haku versus Hercules. Hernandez, but just Hercules this year. Hercules, yeah. Vince is sick of that first name, last name bullshit. Yes, but... Adding something to the front of your name is okay. Yes. Yes. So the match starts off with Haku attacking Hercules from behind and puts him in the beating him up. And then Hercules comes back with a hit toss and a body slam. Uh, and then Hercules clotheslines Haku over the top rope to the floor, and then uh, Hercules suplexes Haku inside uh, inside from the apron, and then delivers two elbow drops. And then um, Hercules dumbly decides to chase Heenan around the ring, and so, then Haku... So the story about this was, Hercules, obviously in the past, he came out with Bobby Heenan, he was part of the Heenan family. Well, Bobby Heenan got sick of Hercules and dropped him from the family. Well, he always loses that, at WrestleMania. Yeah, that too. Well, yeah. So, so I get yeah story reasons. I get it. It's just it always bothers me when wrestlers chase managers around. It makes them look stupid. Um, Haku then attacks Hercules from behind and drives Hercules' head into the apron a few times before throwing him back in the ring, and then. Haku hits two backbreakers. Um, 
and gets a two. Um, and so he then locks in a bear hug on Hercules, but Hercules is able to power out of that. However, her, her, Haku hits a super kick, and then he chokes uh, Hercules on the second rope. Hercules uh, ducks an elbow from Haku, hits a crossbody for two. Haku comes back with an elbow and then goes to the second rope for a crossbody, but misses. Uh, Hercules hits a knee lift and then hits two clotheslines and a power slam for two. Hercules goes to the top, but dives into a crescent kick, which is pretty cool to see from Haku. Um, Then Haku does a diving headbutt off the uh, second rope, but misses. Hercules hits a back suplex with a bridge and gets his shoulder up at two to get a pin at right around seven minutes. Pretty good match, all things considered. Yeah. Um, Mean Gene then talks to the Rockers, so this is the first appearance of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I was really surprised to see them here. I, I thought they came in later. Well, they would have been at WrestleMania last year, but they got fired for being party boys. Ah. Yeah, they talked, but they're going to be facing the Twin Towers. And I was like, oh, that doesn't know. <laughs> All right, so... Not, not much yeah. is said. It was just kind of like generic baby face. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so the next match is the Twin Towers, which is Akeem the African Dream, formerly the One Man Gang, uh, and the Big Boss Man with Slick uh, versus the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Yes. Um, Shawn Michaels starts off the match with Boss Man uh, boss, boss Man puts him on the second rope And delivers a smack To him But um, Shawn Does a drop kick um, To Boss Man Shawn hits the ropes and leapfrogs Boss Man Which is pretty impressive Because Boss Man's pretty big And then delivers a shot To Akeem On the apron Akeem tags in and then they uh, do a little bit of a weird dance. Sean uh, does a moonwalk. Um, several quick quick tags. Um, and let's see. Akeem then brings in Boss Man. Sean grabs an arm ringer on Akeem. Um, but Akeem rakes his eyes. Uh, Akeem fires Sean into the corner but misses a charge and then Marty Jannetty finally gets tagged in uh, Boss Man tags in Akeem throws Marty into the ropes he leapfrogs Akeem but gets caught by Boss Man and they sandwich Marty in between them with like a double uh, standing splash uh, Boss Man and uh, Akeem hit a double Avalanche in the corner on Janetti. And let's see what else. Uh, Marty comes in, then they deliver a double shoulder block uh, when he tags in Sean. Sean hits the ropes um, and he gets destroyed by a clothesline by Boss, uh, by Akeem. Sorry, getting a little confused. Um, 
they uh, let's get to the end here. Sean goes to the top rope, gets caught by a spine buster with Boss Man, tags in Akeem, who hits Air Africa, which is basically a standing splash for win at 8.05. An alright match. I like the fact that like uh, the Rockers came out to these super bright pink and green, like hot pink and green tights. And then throughout the match, Ventura was pissed. Because there was so much double team moves going on. He needs to get over this. He's old school. I know. It was a pretty good match, though. I definitely saw... It was kind of cool to see, you know, Marty Gennetti, Shawn Michaels. Like, they were the quick young team. We kind of, like, were the the uh, Dynamite Kid and... And, uh, and, and Davey Boy, Brit- yeah. The British Bulldogs were a couple years ago, you know, a couple years ago. They were kind of playing that same role of like, oh, the upstart. I'd love to see a match between the British Bulldogs and the Rockers. That'd be an awesome match. I would, too. I think that would be an interesting match. Afterwards, Tony Schiavone uh, gets a, talks to Ted DiBiase and Virgil about the match that is about to happen. I don't know really what to say about that. Did you have anything to say on, on that front? He basically just says that he's wealthy. And it's how great he is. And Bruce Beefcake has no chance, like you said. And I said, it's great to see a million-dollar man in his gimmick, finally. million-dollar man shows off his belt to Donald Trump. I was disappointed that he didn't come out to his theme song, though. I don't think he gets the theme song until later. Yeah. This is, like, the official million-dollar man gimmick, though. Yeah, Yay. definitely. Before it was just, so last year I thought it was million-dollar man. No, it was just Ted DiBiase. <laughs> He was beginning to be evil. Yes. Beginning, but not quite there yet. <laughs> All right. So next match is Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase with Virgil versus Brutus, the barber beefcake. Um, beefcake starts off the match with a backdrop and a hip toss to DiBiase. Uh, DiBiase hits the ropes and another, and then gets hit with another backdrop. Lots of backdrops. Um, however, uh, this second backdrop sends DiBiase to the floor. DiBiase gets back inside, takes control. When he hits a knee, DiBiase hits a couple chops, Irish whips. Um, he gets an Irish rip, whipped reversal into a corner. Um, Beefcake then does three body slams and another clothesline, sending DiBiase to the floor again. Um, back inside, they exchange blows in the center, um, with Beefcake getting the best of that. Um, then, uh, they end up in the ropes and Virgil grabs the leg, which allows DiBiase to take control. DiBiase then chokes out Beefcake and rams him into the buckle. Uh, Beefcake hits the ropes, runs into the uh, runs into a back elbow from DiBiase. DiBiase hits his deadly fist drop for a two count. Would have won last year. Um, and then follows it with a clothesline. Uh, DiBiase then goes to the second rope, does a double axe handle, um, and he stomps uh, Beefcake in the face for a two. Um, Beefcake hits the ropes, counters a backdrop, 
with a small package for two. Uh, DiBiase comes right back with a suplex attempt, but Beefcake counters it into a suplex of his own, and Beefcake uh, ducks a clothesline from DiBiase. Um, but as he's coming back, they both clothesline each other. Uh, DiBiase gets up first, hits a suplex, and then calls for the Cobra Clutch, or as he calls it, the Million Dollar Dream, locks it in. Um, but Beefcake is able to reach the rope. Um, Beefcake blocks an attempted ram into the turnbuckle and delivers one of his own. Beefcake then sends DiBiase back into the buckle ten more times, which gets a flare flop. Lots of flare flops this these past two years from not people who or from people who are not Ric Flair. Um, then Beefcake locks in a sleeper, and then which Virgil go, gets on the apron. Uh, Beefcake then releases the hold and goes after Virgil, but gets thrown to the floor. Uh, Virgil gets a couple of shots in on Beefcake. DiBiase then attacks from behind on the floor. They end up trading blows on the floor, and the guys get counted out at 10 minutes. So a double count out. Yeah, after all that. I know. It was a fairly long match. But, yeah, just a lot of stuff. Yeah, Virgil gets attacked after the match by Brutus to get his heat back. I said this match wasn't very good. Both men just uh, hit punches and kicks and a suplex or two. Pretty much. Ted DiBiase has such a great gimmick, but, man, he can't wrestle worth shit, at least in this match. (laughs) Yeah, and then we get to see the legendary Lord Alfred for the first time in four WrestleManias. Yeah. Um, and he's reporting from a WrestleMania brunch. And there he finds the Bushwhackers. I just wrote stupid stuff happens. Uh, I, I got a little more. I wrote, uh, the, uh, they say that they're ready, but they talk with their mouth full. Uh, they eat with their hands, and rather than silverware, and Haste calls them primitive. Oh, yes, because, you know, that terrible island country of New Zealand is yes. so primitive. They're so backwards. I know. Okay, so the next match is the fabulous Rougeau brothers with Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart versus the Bushwhackers. The Rougeaus came out with my all-time favorite theme song now. To the all-American boys waving an American flag and hailing from Memphis. It's just too bad that they're actually from Quebec, Canada. Yes. Oh, that's great. I heard that for the first time. I was like, this is amazing. 
<laughs> I texted you immediately, like, holy shit, the Rujos! The best theme ever! Yeah. Why wasn't this more popular? Why wasn't this on the radio, damn it? This is like the 80s version of Rap is Crap. I like country music. I love country girls. I like Willie Nelson. And don't forget about Merle. There's only one thing that I hate. Because it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. I like NASCAR racing. Richard Petty is still the king. Yeah, they call me a redneck, but you know that's a beautiful thing. There's only one thing that I hate, cause it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. There's only one thing that I hate, cause it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. Rap is crap. Rap is crap. That is pretty. That was pretty good. But you know, I I don't know how much Jimmy Hart had to do with the rap is crap song. No, but still, I love this. Like, <laughs> just, it's great. I, I was like, more more wrestlers need customized theme music about them. Well, if only Jim Johnston wasn't fired. Only if. I know. All right, so let's get started with the match. The Bushwhackers start off the match by getting a hold of Jimmy Hart's coat, um, and uh, but they get uh, attack, attacked from behind. Jimmy then comes in and gets his coat, and both Rujos get whipped into him uh, by the Bushwhackers, sending all three to the floor. Uh, Luke... Did you, did you hear uh, Ventura's remark saying that the Bushwhackers were on the Joy Juice or some kind of juice? <laughs> well, they, they act like it, definitely. <laughs> Bushwhacker Luke will go around licking people, and it's, like, gross. But, okay. Uh, Bushwhacker Luke starts off the match with Raymond, and then... Uh, fired into the rope, and coming off with a headbutt, but misses. Uh, Bushwhacker Butch comes in and attacks from behind, and a battering ram, which is like a headbutt to the stomach, uh, connects on Raymond. Jacques comes in and breaks up the pin, but Luke moves, and Jacques elbow, elbow drops Raymond. Jacques tags in, and Luke ends up down in a Boston Crab. Oh no. However, uh, Jacques, uh, Jacques fires Luke into the buckle and tags in Raymond. Irish Whip sends Luke into the corner, and a slam sends Raymond to the second rope for a deck. Uh, and Luke gets slammed. Raymond goes to the second rope for a double axe handle. Um, they tag in Jacques again, who delivers a back elbow and a cheap shot to Butch on the apron. Raymond comes in, and a double clothesline connects for two. Double chop to Luke. Uh, sets up an abdominal stretch by Jacques. Tag to Raymond, who delivers it's a crescent kick, second crescent kick of the night. Uh, to Luke, the Rougeaus celebrate while the ref tries to send one of them out. 
That allows Butch to come in and deliver another battering ram. And then they do a double gut buster, which finishes the match. So Luke pins Raymond. And um, then I have a note here that Sean Mooney gets a lick from the Butch Whackers in the aisle. Yeah. So... Uh, I said, I don't know what the fuck this was supposed to be. I looked at the star rating for this match, and it got negative four stars. Man, we're so close. I want a minus five-star match at some point so I can yell minus five stars like I'm Brian Alvarez. There you go. Okay, next match is going to be Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect versus the Blue Blazer, Owen Hart. Um, and I believe, um, this is one of the first matches for both men in the, in the league because they weren't around last year. Um, so just to let you know, mm -hmm. there's only been five, four minus five star matches as of 2015. Oh, are any of them at WrestleMania? I don't know. Oh. Let you know that the likelihood is probably very low. Okay, well, we'll figure something out so I can yell it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Perfect uh, starts off the match with a headlock and comes off the ropes with a hip toss. Um, Perfect then smacks Blue Blazer. Uh, but Blue Blazer um, smacks him right back. Dropped toe hold, followed by another slap from the blazer. Hip toss by Perfect is countered, and the blue blazer hits a slam, and a drop kick sends Perfect to the floor. Uh, blazer then connects with a baseball slide. Now, side note here. According to Chris Jericho, the baseball slide drop kick is one of the most dangerous moves in all of wrestling. He's seen more people break their feet doing that move than anything else. Um, and then the action goes back, uh, goes to the floor. Blazer uh, gets uh, perfect back inside, delivers a chop, and then hooks on, an armbar on. Um, then Blazer does a leapfrog in the corner, which sets up a hip lock. Uh, body slam and drop kick follow that for the blazer, and then a backbreaker gets a one count. Uh, Blue blazer does a body slam and then sends Hennig to the top rope. Or no, body slam by blazer. He goes to the top rope for a splash attempt, but uh, Perfect gets his knees up the counter, which is I think the first time we've seen that at WrestleMania, but that's not going to be the last time. Um, Knees to the lower back sets up Rob's favorite move of a, of a reverse chin lock by Perfect. Um, yep, my favorite move. Yep. Perfect looks, lets go and then chops Blazer. Uh, but Perfect goes for a charge and runs into a, a boot by Blazer. Power slam um, from Blazer is followed up by a belly to belly suplex for two. Uh, Blazer does a crucifix pin to get another two, and Perfect comes right back up with a forearm, and then Perfect does his 
Fisherman Suplex or the Perfect Plex to win the match at five minutes and forty nine seconds. Not yeah. a bad match. No, I said I was disappointed though with the match, as I thought it was gonna be a lot more. Uh, this is gonna be good. What you know? While the Blue Racer hit some ac- acrobatic moves, I thought Perfect would just hit punches and kicks, and the lack of crowd heat really took this match down. Like I thought these two were like, oh, this would be a great match on paper, but in the execution it was kind of it was okay, but it was like. I think it was a good match for the amount of time that they got. If they got like 15 minutes, it could have been Jesse is announced to the WrestleMania crowd. He stands up and he gets his uh, little pop there. They cut to Lord Alfred Hayes, uh, who is reporting from a 5K run, which Mr. Mr. Fuji was running in a tuxedo, which is pretty funny. Um, yes. Then they cut to Run DMC, who performs the WrestleMania rap. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's go okay. back to that. Gonna, okay. The Mr. Mr. Fuji. So okay. pre-tape is shown with Lord Alfred Hayes, who's at the WrestleMania Four Fun Run. Mr. Fuji is in the last entrant, and then he cuts a promo that his team will win the tag team match. Mr. Fuji cheats by starting first, but then is quickly overtaken by the crowd. He then is then finishing the race at 19 minutes, and then he just cuts another promo. But he won a, he did a 4K in 19 minutes, or 5K, whatever. That was great. Yes. Okay. Um. So Run DMC performs the WrestleMania rap. I don't really care for Run DMC, yeah, but they, they hyped the crowd for a million years before starting the song. And then they say, sit back and chillax. They do their song and then they quickly leave. Gorilla says, a little bit of that can go a long way. He says, Jesse might have loved it. They then recap uh, the feud between Demolition and the Powers of Pain, which is the Warlord and the Barbarian. Um, Yeah, this was interesting. From Survivor Series, which was like a double turn. So and um, then Mean Gene talks to Mean Gene. Uh, mean Gene talks to Mean Gene. Mean Gene so, talks to Demolition. So just to what? give you a little more perspective, because obviously I don't think a lot of people yeah, yeah, watched sure. it. So Mr. Fuji. So during the Survivor Series match, Mr. Fuji seemed to purposely open the ropes and allow Smash to fall out of the ring, which caused a countout. Demolition then food Sam's Fuji on the mat on the outside after the match thus dissolving the relationship. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in another match, Fuji throws salt into the eyes of Demolition to drive home that point. Demolition then cuts a promo on how are they gonna on how they're gonna do Fuji the Stooge and they're gonna keep their titles. How they're gonna deal with them. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um the uh so the WWF Tag Team Championship match this year is a handicap match with the Powers of Pain, which I, I said were the Warlord and the Barbarian, yep. and Mr. Fuji versus Demolition, who are the champions. Yes. Uh, okay. Demolition came out to like S&M masks. Well, Demolition are basically copycat war... Uh, Road Warriors. Road Warriors. Yeah. Um, but they took much more inspiration from the bondage thing from Mad yeah. Max than the Road Warriors did. 
maybe maybe they weren't taking inspiration from Mad Max at all. Maybe they were taking inspiration from Fist of the North Star. Yeah, they very well could be. Maybe. Hey guys, we have this great anime we're watching. You only get it on tape. You know, you get to know some people. Yeah. Um, so Axe and the Warlord start things off, and uh, Axe whips Warlord into the corner. Axe then smashes him down with a series of Axe handles and tags in Smash. Uh, Smash comes in, and both members deliver double Axe handles uh, before Axe leaves the ring. A front face lock follows a snapmare by Smash. Axe tags in again and works the neck before uh, tagging in Smash. Warlord drives Smash into his corner and tags in Barbarian, which I was so happy about because Barbarian is much better than Warlord. Um, who whips Smash into the corner? Smash fires back with a boot and a shot to the gut. Tag to Axe, who hits a clothesline and body slam on Barbarian. Another tag to Smash, who hits a back elbow and a tag to Axe, so a lot of fast tagging here. Double back elbow is delivered, and Axe hits a snap mare and goes back to work on the neck. Uh, Smash tags back in, gets caught, and but gets caught with a uppercut. Warlord tags back in, and I'm sad. Um, but Smash delivers a few blows and gets another tag to Axe. Double clothesline puts Warlord down. And Axe, uh, and then Axe goes after Mr. Fuji in the corner. Barbarian stops that, and Axe ends up getting stuck in the corner. Uh, Fuji steps on the throat of Axe, and Warlord delivers a choke as well. So lots of throat drama. Uh, tag to Fuji, who delivers a chomp and a headbutt to the gut. Um, Barbarian tags in and delivers a headbutt to the lower back of Axe, which looked really weird. Um, Big Boot connects from Barbarian and is followed by a flying shoulder block a la John Cena. Uh, Warlord tags in and delivers a pair of double axe handles to the back for two. Barbarian tags back in and sets up uh, for a power slam. Uh, Tag to Fuji, who comes off the top with an elbow but misses. Uh, Fuji uh, tags out to Warlord who knocks Smash off the apron preventing Axe from making a tag. Axe ducks a clothesline from the Warlord and delivers one of his own and makes a hot tag to Smash. Smash comes in and body slams both guys followed by clotheslines to both of the members of the Powers of Pain. Clothesline over the top rope gets two on Warlord as Barbarian makes the save. Everyone ends up in the ring, and Fuji throws salt and smashes face behind the back of the referee. Smash ducks, however, and the salt hits Warlord. That leaves Fuji in the ring with Demolition, who sets him up for the Demolition Decapitation, which finishes the match at just under nine minutes. Not a bad match. Lots of lots and lots of fast tags, though. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, a lot of power moves, and uh, you know, just a lot of just. I mean, it's two big teams, kind of just kind of going all out. Yeah, that's that is true. But I, I kind of, I, I'm a, 
I'm a fan of Barbarian for, for his later work in WCW with Haku. So, like, it was good seeing him here. And Axe and Smash are good workers. I just wish Warlord wasn't in the match quite so much because I really don't like him. He sucks. I actually wrote, minus five stars. This match was garbage, and not even the crowd cared enough to make noise. <laughs> okay, so you didn't like the match. No, okay. I hated it. That's fine. Um, Savage, uh, they cut to Savage, who's going nuts in the locker room, and he refuses to have an interview with Tony Schiavone. Um, and then they cut back to the ring, where we're going to have the match of Dino Bravo with Frenchie... Martin versus rugged Ronnie Garvin. What an awful oh, nickname, rugged. <laughs> I should note at this point, I believe that uh, Ronnie Garvin is a former NWA champion at the. And yes, he's yes ha- he is. And, and he's having a match with Dino Bravo <laughs> at WrestleMania. Um. So they cut to Jimmy Snuka waving at the crowd and he's making his return to the WWF. Um, But it's kind of random because they're already starting the match. Um, Ronnie Garvin uh, gets attacked from behind and um, as he gets attacked from behind, as he goes to throw his towel into the crowd, who wants anybody's sweaty towel? I don't. I don't quite get that. Yeah, and gets I don't either. A, and gets a body slam and an elbow drop from Bravo. Um, Bravo then delivers forearms to the lower back and then puts Garvin in a bear hug. He tosses Garvin into the corner and then stomps on him for a few times. Uh, he also. Um, Shoulder bonk connects to uh, Garvin off the ropes, and he goes um, and uh, did I right here? And a second time he goes for the fall with a boot to the chest for a two count. So like a cocky pin. Uh, Garvin comes back up with a right hand and a uh, big splash for two. Chops connect, and then Bravo uh, meets the top. Turnbuckle six times. Jackknife roll up gets a two for Garvin. He follows that up with a sleeper. Bravo goes, uh, gets to the rope and breaks the sleeper. So Garvin goes for a pile driver. Uh, but Bravo blocks it with a pack backdrop. Uh, but Garvin holds on for a sunset, sunset flip for two. Uh, Garvin chops in the chops Bravo in the corner. Um, but gets hit with an inverted atomic drop. Um, and then Bravo uh, hits a side suplex for a pin at 3 minutes and 58 seconds. Garvin then attacks Dino Bravo after the bell and delivers the Garvin stomp to Frenchie. Um, but kind of a short match, but not really that bad. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, it was okay. Um, I, I just... It was a match. Yeah. I'm excited uh, I th- oh, for this we... next... I was. Uh, sorry. Um, the match started fast, 
I started slow, but I started getting good when Garvin got involved. But mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like the finish. Yeah. It didn't seem to make sense. Also, what the hell was up with them announcing Jimmy Snuka randomly? Yeah, I don't know why they just didn't. I, I don't know why they did that. I'm, Jimmy Snuka's a big star. I don't know. This next match, I was really excited when I heard that the Brain Busters were here. I didn't even know who they were. The Brain Busters, uh, of course, are one half of the legendary four horses, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard uh, versus Strike Force, our good friend, uh, uh, Rick Martel and Keto Santana, Ariba. Ariba. Um, so I guess this was actually um, a, a, re- a return match for Strike Force because Martel was out with an injury. So Tully Blanchard starts off the match with Rick Martel, or, um, and Martel hits the ropes. Um, Anderson gets a knee to the back from the outside. Um, but uh, Martel fires out of the corner. All men end up inside and strike force, sends the busters to the floor with a double drop kick. Anderson is back in with Martel and gets driven into the mat for a one count. Uh, Martel gets caught in a leg scissor from Anderson, but turns it over into a Boston crab. Blanchard gets a thumb to the uh, gets a thumb to the eye to break that up and tags in. Tito comes in with a tag and locks a figure four on Blanchard, but Blanchard is part of the four horsemen. Whoop, what was that? Sorry about that. Okay. I randomly started playing on my computer. I apologize. <laughs> so I repeat your Sorry. last sentence. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. Blanchard gets a thumb to the eye to break up um, Martell's Boston Crab. Tito Santana comes in with a tag and locks in a figure four on Blanchard. Anderson comes in to break that up. Uh, but Martell is there to meet him, and he locks in a figure four as well. Eventually, um, the holds are broken, and Santana gets a backslide on Tully, which Anderson then breaks up. Tito gets a small package on Tully Blanchard for two. Martell comes in, tags in um, with a tag as well. Uh, Tito hits the rope. Uh, Blanchard moves out of the way of the flying forearm, or as some people call it, the flying burrito. Um, send, sending Martel to the floor. Anderson tags in, and the busters begin to punish Tito Santana. Tito Santana get, uh, gets sent into the ropes. He hits a sunset, sunset flip, but Anderson tags out. Blanchard comes in, whips Santana into the corner. Santana comes off the second rope with a crossbody for two. Anderson tags in and slaps on a reverse chin lock. Um, Tito comes up and whips Anderson to the corner, but a charge um, uh, whips Anderson in the corner, but Ander- uh, but but charges in and Anderson puts his knee up. Uh, Arn goes to the top, but gets slammed off by Santana. Tito crawls for the tag, but Mart- um, Martel refuses to tag Santana in, turning heel. Uh, Blanchard comes in and gives Santana a stun gun. 
as Martel takes off to the locker room. Anderson continues the assault on Tito uh, in the ring with a with one of his famous spinning spine busters. Uh, tagged Tully, who gets um, Santana stuck in the corner. Santana fights back, but uh, Blanchard blocks a monkey flip to regain control. Anderson tags in, and they deliver a spike pile driver, which finishes the match at 9 minutes, 17 seconds. And this was a pretty good match. Yeah, I thought this was going to be match of the night based on who the participants were, but I felt like the match just died after Martel left. Yeah, that's true. Um, but this sets up uh, Rick Martel's like most famous persona, so I'm I'm all cool with it, but I, I mean, at the time, I wasn't I wasn't sure. Well, I didn't watch it live, but you know, I'm sure people weren't sure what to make of it. Yeah, because uh, well, Martel's always been a babyface. So, what, what is that? Is that game? Well, is that gimmick in WrestleMania six? Uh, yeah, I okay, then, I uh, think so. Okay. He's going to be the model. He's going to be the model. Okay, cool. Um. Okay, so Mean Gene then interviews uh, about why he left, and he kind of, you know, goes off on Tito Santana and the crowd and all that, making it making clear that he's now a bad guy. Yeah, he said he was sick and tired of Tito Santana riding his coattails. Yes. That, that... No good Tito Santana, who has never done anything for himself. You know, he was an intercontinental champion. Or Yeah. Ventura <laughs> pushes... Ventura believes that Tito Santana pushed for the tag team to be reformed and blames Santana. Gorilla just seems to be in shock of the breakup. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 is, it was kind of odd seeing... Going from WrestleMania three, where Martel was with Tom Zank, and then at WrestleMania four, Strike Force was already made. Like I yep. completely missed how that was made. Yeah, me too. So, um, so we then get a Piper's Pit segment. Oh God, this was terrible. Well, it sounds like you want to go over that, so I'll let you do that. All right, I got a lot of notes for that. Okay. All right. So the fake announces Piper's Pit. He says all kinds of outlandish things like a man who doesn't back down or a man who tells it like it is, among other egregious things. The big pipe music plays and he introduces Piper, but instead, Brother Love comes out in a kilt. The segment is now called The Brother Love Show. He brings out Brother Rodney, uh, who is nobody. It's just a character that that uh, Brother Love plays in the he so the Brother Love then sits in the second chair and gets a promo in the style of a crazy Rowdy Piper promo. You know, Rodney the Piper. <laughs> brother oh, Brother Rodney. Yeah, oh, I did not know that. <laughs> uh, brother Rodney is then is now an actor and he no longer wrestles, making light of of. Piper being in Hollywood. Robert, or is it Rob? Is it Morton Downey Jr.? Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr. Okay, it's wrote, not Robert Downey Jr. He was. A, I wrote that first, and then I went. Oh, wait, I think it's Robert Morton. 
Uh, anyway, Martin Robert Jr. comes down. So in my head, I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, haven't we seen this before? Like, wasn't there like WrestleMania 2 or something? But no, no, he was not. And I don't understand any of this. Morton Downey Jr. comes down, running down to the ring with a lit cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Morton then just runs down, uh, brother love, calling him a fat boy. Again, I why? Fink then uh. introduces Rowdy Piper again. Mangrilla is unsure if it's really going to be Rowdy Piper, seeing as he's just fooled. But he finally does come out. Rowdy says that Brother Love has great birthing hips and that he's got Betty Davis knees, whatever that means. He then asks if he knows about the Oprah Winfrey diet, but he doesn't give him a chance to answer. After a long-winded speech of making gay innuendo jokes about, about Brother Love having no penis and... You know, him, are you really Scottish? And he goes, yeah, I'm a Scot. And he goes, no, brother, that's what Scotch, Scotchmen's drink. He finally rips a kilt off from Brother Love, and he runs down to the entrance ramp, uh, being embarrassed for some reason. Oh, he was wearing wrestling poor. tights underneath. It was weird. Yeah, poor Bruce Pritchard. What was up with him being, like, he had really red, really red face? Yeah, they would put, like, a lot of rouge on his face. Yeah, he goes, I don't know if you're about to have a heart attack or you said something. I don't remember now. I don't know. But imagine this. In a couple of years' time, we're going to get to WrestleMania that WrestleMania 6 or 7. Or 7. That's the start of the Undertaker streak, I believe. Yeah, and that's when Bro- he introduces Brother, Brother, Brother Love. Love was Undertaker's first manager. Which is awesome. It is. But uh, can you imagine Brother Love and The Undertaker? Oh, I know. You can't. Especially after something like this. Like, they completely emasculated the character. Piper then turns his attention to Morton Downey, who blows smoke in his face. But he said it was an accident. He was trying to blow it a different way. He asked why his name is Morton Downey. And he said, that's the name your mother wanted to give him from the guy who reared me. He then blows smoke again in Piper's face. Downey then calls Piper a transvestite after he's after Downey blows more. Oh, sorry. Uh, Downey calls yeah Downey calls Piper a transvestite after Downey blows more smoke into his face, and Piper says he likes it and he asks for a smoke. Uh, Downey then turns around and lights a cigarette, and he says, "Hey, turn around, give me that smoke," and he blasts him with the fire extinguisher. I said this was an awful. Awful segment. It went way too long. There was an undertone of sexual slurs that eventually happened, and the crowd didn't give a shit about this. This was just awful, and now I understand why the WWE only shows the fire extinguisher attack and nothing else. I don't know what the fuck this was. Like, from I remember from WrestleMania, was it WrestleMania 3? Piper was like retiring, and I'm guessing that's when he did. They live and all that. And he had probably been, hadn't probably been around at this point. Yeah, he hasn't been around for a while, two years. So, but yeah. After this, after seeing this, I would be like, "Fucking leave! Don't ever come back, Piper." <laughs> this, I, I didn't understand this at all. You ran down, brother love. You then ran down the the guest, then runs down the performer, and is a bad guy. 
And Piper is just there, but he's not going to be around. Like, I, I don't get it. It was bad. I hated this. This is the worst yeah. thing of the night. I'm sorry, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, it's not good. So let's just move on. All right, so you're breaking up quite a bit. I'm going to go ahead and take over until, until the end here, until the matches that you need to cover. Okay, just sorry. Give me, just give me a break. No, you're fine. Just, your internet's been kind of wonky. Oh, okay. Mean Gene then hypes up uh, Hulk Hogan being in a motion picture entitled No Holds Barred. We then no see Holds Barred. Yes. We see a sneak preview where it's Zeus, played by Zeus, versus Rip, played by Hulk Hogan. Zeus is punching cinder blocks, and they smash into a million pieces. It's awesome. Mean Gene says that No Holds Barred is going to be a blockbuster. We then go to Donald Trump, uh, who says that WrestleMania has been a huge event for the city, and he said his casinos are full, and there are traffic problems. This was pointless. Then the best thing of the night, Ventura is pissed. Ventura cuts a scathing promo about how Hulk Hogan, how dare he go to Hollywood and that, you know, he's encroaching on his territory and he just can't believe it. And he said, Hogan, if you want to come out to Hollywood, I'll let you come out to Hollywood. You can drive my limo. Yes, but let's let's. Ventura's say, so angry, he leaves and then comes back and then cuts another promo. Yes, but let's say that Ventura was in the definitively better movie because he was in Predator. Oh yeah. So much better movie than No Holds Barred. Yes. All right. We then go to a video cap package recapping WrestleMania three or sorry WrestleMania four, where Macho Man won the world title, and how the mega Ma- mega powers formed at SummerSlam nine. So I was kind of confused by this, and I think it was because Hogan kept getting the pins and stuff. But at SummerSlam nineteen eighty eight, the mega powers win their match at Survivor Series eighty eight. Macho Man falls back and hits the hits a tag for for Hogan, but they play it off as like, oh, Randy Savage doesn't even know that you know Hogan tagged in. Uh, he hits all his big moves, and then, uh, uh, basically Elizabeth gets hit. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth gets hit. Oh, sorry. He hits all his big moves, and gets the win. So it's at. Uh, and then the next match was on a main event. Uh, Elizabeth gets hit, and he carries Elizabeth to the back. And then during the match, Macho Man slaps Hogan in the face, breaking up the Mega Powers. Hogan, uh, and then Hogan is attacked in the back by, by Macho Man. Hogan is then with me and Gene. One year ago, they were friends, doing what they could do to win. And Hogan says that, uh, he should have seen th- this coming, and he believed that Macho Man uh, had his back, and you know they were friends, and that he put uh, Elizabeth between them, and the Macho Man is jealous of all the Hulkamaniacs. 
He then says Donald Trump hired seismologists to check the arena to make sure they could handle the mega powers exploding during their match and that he didn't want the arena to collapse and then all the fans would be swallowed up. He said, don't worry, they're all safe. And then he said, what you going to do when the whole wide world of Hulkamaniacs destroys you? Well, what he didn't know was that Donald Trump doesn't believe in scientists, but he got Scientologists instead. Oh, we're, very, we're very lucky that the world well, didn't end th- exactly, that night. Exactly. I mean, this is on par with his WrestleMania 4 promo of body slamming Andre the Giant to the bottom of the ocean and pinning the Andre the Giant at the bottom of the ocean simultaneously saving all the crowd that were swallowed up into the ocean from the body slam. Not quite as good, but still pretty crazy. So next we had Andre the Giant versus Jake the Snake Roberts. Andre the Giant attacks Roberts before the bell. Andre rams Jake Roberts' head into the turnbuckle, but we didn't realize at first that there was no turnbuckle pad. So he just rams him into steel. Kind of interesting way to start. I was kind of figuring out, like, where the heck did it go? Uh, Andre then goes into, uh, put into a sleeper hold. He then goes out with the bag, uh, for this, uh, he then goes, Jake the Snake then goes for the bag with Damien in it. The story being that Andre is scared of snakes. Andre then puts on another sleeper hold onto Roberts. Andre just uses his weight to take down Jake Roberts and basically just controls the match. Jake Roberts gets hooked into the ropes. And is down, but Heenan is able to get his arms loose. But this allows Andre to take over once again during the match. Andre keeps knocking Roberts out of the ring and not letting him back in. When Oh, I forgot to mention, Big John Studs the referee for this match. Yes, he is. I don't know why. Where did that go? Oh, that's why. Sorry. The the paragraph above I mentioned. Oh, Big John Studs came out. Um... So Big John Studd gets in his face about the fact he's not letting Jake Roberts back into the match or into the ring. Uh, this gives Jake the opportunity to grab the snake bag. Uh, he then unloads the snake bag. Damien comes out. And uh, the Million Dollar Man runs down to take the snake bag. We then see a split screen of, sna- of Jake the Snake trying to get the snake back with Andre like choking out Big John Studd. So eventually the snake gets ripped out of the bag and uh, Andre's scared and quickly leaves the ring and the match is called a DQ and Jake the Snake is declared the winner. This match was awful, I wrote. It was awful, but it's good for Jake the Snake to get a uh, win over Andre the Giant. I know, I was thinking about that while watching this. I was like, Andre the Giant came in with a 15-year undefeated winning streak. He lost to WrestleMania 3. Well, he has no more credibility. Let's just beat him again. But whatever. It obviously got him over. That's true. Right, the best thing of the night, I say sarcastically, Sean Mooney is with a fan, and he said, hey, these guys were over here brawling all the way up here. What did you think of that brawl between between, uh, the Million Dollar Man and Jake the Snake? And all the fan can say is, Jake's the best. Jake's the best. Jake's the best. 
over and over and over again. So he kind of just gave up and said, well, there you have it. It's kind of like at WrestleMania 9 when they interviewed the Japanese fans and they kept on saying, Yokozuna number one. <laughs> but we'll get to that. We then cut to Sensational Sherry who just runs down Rock and Robin and Elizabeth. And that's it. We don't see Sensational Sherry ever again. Next up, we have the Heart Foundation for Greg Valentine and the Honky Tonk Man. They have fallen so far. Uh, no, I don't know about that. Back, so the some back and forth from the Heart Foundation. They get the advantage. There was an interesting double team move where uh, Bret Hart pulled the top rope and Nightheart did a flying shoulder tackle over the top rope. So like Nightheart was on the apron, Hart would pull the ring apron back. And the Nightheart would pull it and then sling him into... It was, it was interesting. Honky, physics, man. Yes, physics. <laughs> Honky hits several back-to-back elbow drops. And then Hammer comes in and hits several inverted atomic... Oh, sorry. Hits an inverted atomic drop and then quickly tags out. Honky Tonk t- hits a shake, rattle, and roll on a Bret Hart. But instead of going for the pin, takes the Valentine. To, uh, and then tries to do a submission... But Hart gets out quickly. Gorilla is upset that Hart, that Honky Tonk Man didn't go for the pin. Nightheart gets the hot tag and hits several kicks and a clothesline for a two. Brett is then tagged in and hits a big slam and, go, and then goes to the second rope and hits an elbow drop. And then he hits a picture-perfect suplex. Andrew throws the megaphone in from Jimmy Hart into Brett, and he hits the Honky Tonk Man and gets the pinfall. So there you go. That's yeah. Then they cut to a video package where Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior are doing a pose down at the Royal Rumble. Rick Rude then attacks the Warrior with a steel bar. Uh, once, uh, then it was, I found kind of cool. Warrior then attacks the referees, WF officials. He basically fights off seven people. Clearing the ring. What do you think of that? I mean, I thought it was kind of crazy. They're using a steel bar to take down the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I mean, they've built up the Ultimate Warrior as this unstoppable machine, so I guess you have to use like a weapon like that because he beats everybody in like 30 seconds. All right. So we got the Intercontinental Championship match. Ravishing Rick Rude challenges Ultimate Warrior, who is your IC champion. Ooh. Warrior attacks after the bell. Warrior throws Rude into the corner several times and basically destroys Rick Rude. Warrior gets a bear hug onto Rude. Rude eventually gets out after a thumb to the eye. Warrior then slams Rude several times and then puts a bear hug on again. The crowd is bored and starts chanting Weasel. Warrior then bites Rude and then hits a backdrop and then runs all over the ring but then like misses the splash. It was really weird. He like ran off of three ropes and hits a splash and like doesn't do anything. Rude then hits a pile driver but but he's very slow to get the pin so he only gets a two. Rude is then selling his back and tries for another pin after a clothesline. Rude leaves the ring but Warrior follows and throws him back into the re- uh, into the 
back into the ring, and then hits a clothesline to the outside. Warrior then goes for a suplex from the ring apron to the inside uh, on Rude, but Heenan grabs the leg, allowing Rick Rude to pick up the pin. Rick Rude is now your new IC champion. What'd you think? I thought it was a one of Warrior's better matches. Um, Warrior really doesn't have many good matches, and Rick Rude was one of his better opponents. Yeah, I agree. I think Rick Rude did a great job selling the back and just kind of selling. Like you had no, ink, I had no inkling that that match was going to end the way it did. I kind of figured that Warrior would just pick up the win. Yeah, I mean, Rude is. I, Rude is a brave man because he continually had matches with Warrior throughout his WWE career. And um, I think we're going to talk about a match that they had later on. But I remember that there's like this one time where I saw Warrior give Rude a pile driver. And I'm like, who the hell takes a pile driver from the Warrior? I would not trust it. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> All right, you got the next matches? Yes. Okay, so the next match is. Bad News Brown versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. So, Oh, man, that's just going to be a barn burner. I know. Um, bad News attacks uh, Duggan to start the match off and gets him into the corner. Uh, then there is a Irish whip into the corner, followed by a charge by Bad News Brown, but Duggan moves out of the way. Um Duggan then hits a clothesline, uh, sending Brown to the floor. Duggan slingshots Brown in from the apron and delivers a forearm um, off the ropes. Duggan puts his head down on a backdrop and gets caught. Uh, Brown then rams Duggan into the buckle and delivers a headbutt. A few more trips to the buckle, um, wakes Duggan up, apparently, and then he does a series of shoulder blocks into the corner, um, but then Brown hits him with a headbutt. Um, they go to the floor, and Bad News Brown then throws Duggan into the post, um, and then back inside, um, Bad News Brown connects with an elbow to Duggan. Bad News Brown then goes for a spin kick, um, but but Duggan gets out of the way. Duggan hits his three-point stance clothesline, but Brown heads to the floor. Uh, Bad News Brown gets a chair and brings it in. Duggan grabs his 254, and that draws a double DQ at just over three minutes. Uh, Duggan ends up getting the better of the post-match brawl, and uh, it was pretty pointless. I'm sorry, did you call it a 254? A two by four. Oh, thank you. Okay, you were breaking up just a little bit as you said it. Like, oh, like two five four. <laughs> two five four. Yes. Um. How then was- um, Mean Gene talks to uh, the Red Rooster, and um, you know uh, the Red Rooster does a rooster call. Oh God! And then it- <laughs> I love the fact that earlier in the night they were hyping this up. And then um, they had the match of Bobby the Brain Heenan versus the um, Heenan is still selling his injuries from the Warrior match. Um, so the Rooster uh, whips Heenan into the buckle and then tries for another. But Heenan then reverses it into uh, the opposite buckle. 
Heenan tries to charge with a shoulder block, but misses. And then Rooster covers um, Heenan for a win in 31 seconds. Um, Mean Jean then talks to Miss Elizabeth, and she says she will be in a neutral corner and will support both Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. And then we got to Tony Schiavone. Um, says all the wrestlers are clearing the locker room to watch the main event because it's so important. And then we get the WWF championship match of Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan. Um, Savage starts the match off by going to the outside and ripping up a Hogan sign from a kid at ringside, which I hope was a plant. Uh, Savage didn't just take a a sign from a kid because that would be traumatizing, I think. Um, Then he goes back inside and Hogan powers Savage away um, on a lockup. Savage grabs a headlock but gets pushed into the ropes and then runs into a shoulder block from Hogan. Uh, Savage then bails to the outside again um, and then comes back inside to rake Hogan's eyes. Um, Savage grabs another headlock, um, but uh, Hogan pushes him off and Savage goes outside again. Hogan then chases um, Savage this time, and Savage puts Liz in front of him as a shield, just like he would do when he was IC champion sometimes. Uh, Savage uses that opening to slide back in and even offers to hold the ropes open for Hogan. Hogan comes in on his own and takes Savage down with a drop toe hold, which I was surprised to see from Hogan, and then grabs a front face lock. He turns it into a side headlock, but Savage counters into a back suplex. Uh, Savage drops an elbow that misses, and then Hogan delivers a series of punches before grabbing an arm ringer. Uh, Savage uh, puts a puts a thumb in Hogan's eye, and then he goes to the top rope, delivering a double axe handle, um, which gets two for Savage, and then Savage goes for an arm bar. Hogan tries to come up, but Savage regains full of hair. Hogan comes up again and pulls Savage to the floor using a handful of trunks, so they're both fighting dirty. Uh, Hogan fires Savage back inside and rams him into the buckle. Hogan hits a clothesline off the ropes and delivers an elbow. Hogan rakes the eyes. Uh, Hogan rakes the eyes with his boot and sends Savage into the ropes. Um, head goes down for a backdrop, and Savage kicks him in the face for two. Hogan gets busted open on that, and Savage grabs a side headlock. Uh, Hogan comes up and elbows elbows out of the headlock. Off the ropes, Hogan delivers a shoulder block and then hits an atomic drop. Hogan goes for an elbow, but Savage's moves. Knee to the back sends Savage into the buckle, and Savage rolls him up for two. Savage then rams Hogan into the buckle and whips him off to the other corner. Savage stomps on Hogan's fingers, but that brings Hogan back, and Savage runs into the turnbar and... uh, Savage runs into the turnbuckle several times. An Irish whip to the corner is followed by a Hogan clothesline. Hogan picks up Savage and chucks him over the top rope. 
Liz tries to help, but Savage pushes her away. Savage pulls Hogan to the floor and tries to ram Hogan into the rail. Hogan blocks. Um, so Savage tries to ram him into the apron, and Hogan blocks that too. And this time he... Uh, and then Hogan rams Savage into the apron. Hogan goes to throw Savage into the post, but Liz stands in front to keep him from doing it. Um, slab, Savage slides down the back and has no problem posting Hogan this time as Liz moves out of the way. Savage goes after Liz, who is trying to help Hogan. So the referee decides to eject Liz. Um, Savage comes off the top with a double axe handle to the floor, sending Hogan uh, sending Hogan's throat into the guardrail. Back inside, uh, Savage delivers a clothesline over the top rope, elbow to the throat that connects to Hogan on the apron. Body slam and a knee drop gets two for Savage. Uh, Savage chokes Hogan out with his wrist tape. Behind the back of the ref, Savage chokes down Hogan in the middle of the ring and heads to the top. Flying elbow connects and gets two. Hogan then hulks up and does the three punches, the big boot, the leg drop, and pins Savage at 17 minutes and 55 seconds to become the new WWF champion. Not a bad match. No, not at all. Um, I really liked stuff with Elizabeth and, you know, uh, you know, evil, evil heel macho is the best macho. Yes, that is true. I agree with that. Well, it was kind of sad that Hogan wasn't called an egomaniac again. Well, yes, but Savage was the egomaniac. So, Rob, what did Dave Meltzer think of this match, of this uh, card? All right. So, Hercules versus King Haku got half a star. Okay, fair enough. The Rockers vs. Twin Towers got three-fourths of a star. Okay. Ted DiBiase vs. Bruce Beefcake, three-fourths of a star. Mm-hmm. The Fabulous Rougeos vs. the Bushwhackers, as stated, negative four stars. Negative four stars. Mr. Perfect vs. the Blue Blazer, two and one-quarter stars. Fair enough. Demolition vs. the Powers of Pain and Mr. Fuji, a dud. Okay. Dino Bravo versus Ron Garvin, a dud. Mm hmm. Strike Forest versus the Brainbusters, two and a half stars. Mm-hmm. Jake Roberts versus. Sorry Ron about that. Can you repeat that? Oh, yep. Do you have to leave soon or? Uh, yeah, in 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Do you record at a. Sorry, I know this is not being recorded right now, but uh, is there like a podcast section in the library or? <laughs> uh, no, it's just a private study room. Ah. Gotcha. Okay. Strike Forest versus Ronnie Garvin is a dud. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. Uh, Dino Bravo versus... <laughs> Dino Bravo versus Ronnie Garvin is a dud. Strike Forest versus the Brain, uh, the brain Busters is two and a half stars. Jake Roberts versus Under the Giant was minus three stars. Okay. The Heart Foundation versus Greg Valentine and Honky Tonk Man is two and... A quarter stars. Okay. Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude is two and a half stars. Okay. I think it's better than it should have been, but <laughs> all of Rick Rude there. Bad News Brown versus Jim Duggan. Dud. Okay. Red Rooster versus Bobby the Brain Heenan. 
Dud. Okay. Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage, two and one quarter stars. Or sorry, Our, two and three fourth stars. Two and three fourth stars? Yes. Okay. So, on a per match, on a combined match total, like card total, mm-hmm. this is considered the worst WrestleMania ever. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, I don't know. It wasn't that bad, I don't think. Well, I thought the first part was good, and then it just kind of sucked. Yeah, but it made the main event made up. Yeah, so the total, the cumulative average was 0.6607 stars. Mm. Making it the worst. WrestleMania 4 had 0.75. I'm surprised that WrestleMania 9 is not the worst. Oh, that's quite, that's not high, high, but it's pretty high. It's, mm-hmm. To tell you this much, you're going to laugh, and it'll be sad. Okay. WrestleMania 9 mm-hmm. is above WrestleMania 16, WrestleMania 15, WrestleMania 8, and WrestleMania 2. <sighs> well, I guess my... <laughs> I guess my problems with WrestleMania 9 really come to matches. So. Well, there you go. All right. So, uh, what was your match of the night? Match of the night has to be Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage. Yeah, I agree. That was good. It has to be. I agree. Wrestler of the night? Wrestler of the night, I'm going to give to Rick. Amen. I agree with you there, too. He made Ultimate Warrior look a ton better than he yep. should have been. And finally, what's your overall score, 1 through 10, of the card? I'm going to give this one a 4. Yeah, I'll give it a 4.5 because I like the beginning matches, but then, yeah, I quickly kind of just fell off a cliff. And that Mar- that Piper segment, <laughs> I wish that could have got a star rating because, good God. What would you have given it? Oh, easily in minus five. <laughs> Al, if I could go further, minus ten. That should have never been put on TV. It was awful. Okay. I mean, even the crowd didn't care. Well, the crowd often doesn't care. Yeah, I came to this wrestling event, paid a lot of money. Just it not, probably wasn't even that much at that time. Not going to make a lot of noise. Just sit here. Well... You must not like Japanese wrestling all that much because they no, never no, no. make any noise. That's fine, though. But they appreciate it. That yeah. wrestling is tons better, usually. But point being is, like, these guys, you know, American wrestling, fans, loud and proud. But they're just like, hmm, yes, yeah, some things that happened in the ring. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to Review of Mania. And uh, we will see you soon. Yes. Well, should we tell them where we can where they can find us? I guess. You can find us as part of the Cosmic Potato Network, joining other sh- such shows as a Star Trek Discovery After Talk show and also World War G, which seems kind of interesting. You can re- you can reach us by email at reviewamania podcast at gmail.com. Please use that. 
And you can also give us feedback on iTunes. All right. There you have it, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, WrestleMania 6. Yes, the ultimate challenge.